Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside on the Erie campus most often. You can find me in all three quite often. And we got a great show for you today here at The Weekly. I'm so excited to be back in the booth. It's been about two weeks, as you probably can tell from your feeds. But it is great to be here. We're sitting down with Pastor Thomas Milburn, affectionately known as Tom before he came to Calvary. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you, you can't have... <laughs> Two Toms. can't carry the Tom on the Erie campus. There's only one Tom. There's only one Tom. The senior pastor of Calvary Senior Tom Shirk. Yes. Hey, before we get into the conversation today, you want to go to calvarybible.com, click your campus. We're one church, multiple communities. And we want you to click your campus, hit events. So many great things happening here at Calvary in the middle of the summer, as well as going into the fall, we want to make sure you're plugged in to what God is doing here among us at Calvary. Also, we're in the thick of it with Kids Week on all of our campuses. So if you're listening this week, will you pause and pray for Kids Week here at Calvary? We're asking the Lord to do some spiritual work among us. There's so many great volunteers out there, young, old, Weak, strong volunteers, and we need your prayers for God to move and to call young kiddos to the kingdom of God, to the presence of Jesus, and to be disciples. Right, Thomas? That's right. Jay, do you want to give us your best Australian accent <laughs> no. of good day, mate? Or throw some more shrimp on the Barbie? <laughs> or I'll have one blooming onion. Good day, mate. <laughs> I think that's that sounded, that that's sounded pretty authentic. authentic. So, you know, so I'm in Bible story here on the Erie campus this week. Yep. Third through fifth grade among the older kids. It's going really well. Thank you. You've been sitting in our midst. I came into the script saying, you know what? Jay's a tourist. <laughs> Going to Australia because I'm not yeah. doing an accent. I every, can't do it. For, for, for those of you who are listening, everyone is doing this awesome Australian accent <laughs> in the story theater. Yes. And Jay is the American tourist, which I think I would have taken the same role. Like, no. hey, where's the McDonald's? <laughs> it's the easiest role. <laughs> easiest. But you got your fanny pack on, flip-flops yeah. sometimes. Yep. And you got your fins. I do. Today I had some yeah. fins on. Hey, you know what? Every year I go to the team, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll be your snack guy. Or whatever Kristen Milburn's doing, I'll be her co-host. <laughs> she's in charge. <laughs> and they go, that's great, Jay. You're in Bible story theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be back there again. That's funny. I said the same thing to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'll do anything you want or I'll be Kristen Milburn's co-host. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to marry her. Well, that's, that's And cute. then, yeah. That's really cute. Then she's in charge and life's going just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she she did outdoor games one year. I was like, dang, I want to be part of that team. They like they get like coffees brought to them every morning. And I know, what is with that? And I'm like, I want to be a part of her team. It's great. This is why I help coach in soccer when she says, Jay, can you help? I'm like, yes, of course. You, like you get gifts afterwards. Totally. It's just. It's the best. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, so I'm in Bible story theater. It's good. So what have been the first two days themes? Yeah. Uh, the first day was Genesis one twenty seven, which is about God creating male and female, creating both of them. It was a great day. Today was uh Wonderfully made, fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made out of the Psalms. What a great message. We talked about how God sees us um, 
by because he's the one who knitted us in the womb. How cool is that? I mean, we're masterpieces. Just think about this. So there's 500 kids just hearing that they are made intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like God didn't make a mistake. Yep. He made them with purpose and beauty to actually do things in the world as image bearers of God, to be creative, to have dominion, to, I just, I don't know. I just yeah. think so far the couple, first couple of days have been really good. Yeah. The kids in my group are, are getting it. Yeah. It looks like you're leading a group. It's been a few years since you've led a group around. I know. It's so fun. Like I've done the missions thing, done the story, yep. the, the, the Bible theater, um, outdoor games. Yep. It's fun to just be, connected to a group this year I have fourth graders oh that's fun so you just get to meet fourth graders hear what they're passionate about one of our kiddos his birthday was today oh so we showed up with birthday cards and birthday buttons that's awesome it's great that's great what a great birthday uh, that would have been really fun as I think so yeah. he's having a party tonight so that's really cool you know one of the my favorite thing about kids week is I walk in this door and there's young and old serving beside each other. So, like, you have some grandmas and grandpas who have teenagers helping them, right? And then you have men and women that, like, have given up a week. They've either taken a week off of work. They pause their road trip vacations. They're here, right? Yeah. And you have every generation in the room serving alongside each other. It's just not, like, a specific people group that serve here at Calvary. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good reflection of who we are. As a church, we are multi generational. Yep. Um, from those who are you know newborns to those who are seniors and and older and young families and some singles and it's just really fun to see the diversity of age and background um, play out and like we just really believe in generational faith. Yeah. Um, that's even, I mean that was that was our unsung hero on Sunday. Yeah, that was it's a great segue to jump into that. I was so blown away at this. I think, you know, I didn't get to hear the week before what you were preaching on. So it was all new to me as well. It's fresh bread for me as well. And uh, you talked about Timothy. Timothy is a really interesting individual in the New Testament. How do we know who Timothy is? Like, what are some of the resources, places in the scriptures we find Timothy? So Luke, who writes kind of a two-part history. Part one is the gospel of Luke, the things that Jesus began to do and teach, and then Acts is part two uh, of what Jesus continued to do mm-hmm. through the apostles and the early church. That's when we start meeting some of these early church um, leaders, and Timothy was one of those early church leaders that was discovered in a town called Derby, Lystra. And Is that sort of in, like, where is that present-day Turkey-ish? Istanbul, that type of area? I believe it is. Yeah. Yes, right? It's on the Mediterranean. Right. Yeah. It's in that area. Yes. Because it's the thing, it's outside it's outside Corinth. I think it is. Sorry. If someone's listening and they, they actually know where it is, we should Google it too. Yeah. But yeah, Roman Empire. Uh I think it's actually actually outside Philippi. Um, but we can look that up. Yeah. We'll look it up. Anyway, so he's he's do Paul's doing his missionary travels. And runs into this young man named Timothy that the whole community speaks highly of. So that's kind of where we first meet him is in, in um, Acts. And then we learn a little bit about Timothy through the letters of Paul. So Paul names him 
um, in some letters that he's writing to churches because Timothy ends up being the emissary, the one taking the letters. Okay. And then he ends up being a pastor of a, of a city, of a church in a city called Ephesus, which is actually a port city and, and one of the most influential cities in the Roman Empire. So that's kind of how we learn a little bit about Timothy. The last thing with, with church history, I think he's mentioned early on in Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yes, he is. Because he was said to continue to be a pastor in Ephesus until his late 80s or early 90s, but was put to death by a crowd as he was tell, as he was confronting them about their idol worship. That's super interesting. That's super interesting. Okay, so Fox's Book of Martyrs. Would you, you have a copy of that? I do. Would you recommend that book? I would. That's a classic book you probably need to have on your shelf, right? Yeah. There's some interesting stories in there that outside the, that book, you're probably not going to hear anything about. Um, how truthful, I don't know. It's, it's church history. Yeah. It's, I mean, we have a lot of our understanding of these early church fathers and, and their end from that because the scriptures don't, you know, account for how did, you know, John die, how did necessarily Peter die, but early church history gives us some clues. That's really cool. Yeah. I, you just mentioned, I was like, you know, that's a probably pretty good, that's probably a good place to go. There's some interesting stories in there too. Like, uh, it's recorded that, you know, John, the apostle had a disciple, um, that went wayward. So John made a disciple in a, in a town, I can't remember which town it was, and then he departed, and then the, that kind of disciple went wayward. And so when John came back, he had heard news that his disciple went wayward. And so Fox just records him, like, chasing him down, like, going after him. And like, hey, what are you doing? Get, get back over here. How, how come you shipwrecked your faith? How come you left it so soon? What yeah. are you doing? And restored him back to the, the church community. So there's some other activities in there that, kind of enlighten, at least from the church history perspective, what we believe the apostles did. Yeah, totally. I, th- I think great. I just looked up Lystra, by the way. It's in the central present-day Turkey. Oh. Sort of derbies in the Lystra area. Okay. So there you go. For those who want to know. Okay, so we talked about Timothy. He gets picked up in Acts 16 from Apostle Paul. Paul sees something in him uniquely. Well, we were saying that it's actually the the fellow brother's yeah, uh, that's right. Kind of give a recommendation to Paul because Paul uh, sees his faith and it's this genuine, beautiful faith. And there's something about Timothy that, that Paul says, I want him to come along my missionary journeys with me. That's great, man. What a, what a, how interesting. What do you think? That, yeah. Been? That's just a, I would have loved to have. Because you know how you get connected to some people that you serve with and do yeah. gospel ministry with. You're like, my goodness, I just want to be around them, mm-hmm. young and old, right? Right. And there's got to be something there where, you know, Paul didn't take a ton of people with him, and we know he had some problems with some of the folks that he did. Yeah. But there's something in Timothy that later on develops into this beautiful relationship where I mean, he just calls Timothy his true son of the faith, his beloved child. Yep, that's right. That's right. And gives him probably one of the most important and probably the hardest places to minister mm-hmm. in eventually in Ephesus, which, I mean, that's a... That's sort of a Google fun thing to do, the historical Ephesus, to hear what was happening there, what were the markets like, what were the streets like, because it was such a big city that antiquity has a lot to say about Ephesus, so we know a lot about the town. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting. But, okay, it's unsung hero, so that's actually not the preach. Yeah. The preach was somewhere else. Where do, was it? Do you, do you feel like now people just anticipate... Like, okay, it can't be that person. 
Like, who is this going towards? You know, that's funny. I I don't know. I really thought it was Timothy. I was like, okay, he's sort of an unsung hero. Yeah. So I was, I was along for the journey. And then you were like, I was like, oh, yeah. That's who it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to get not as obscure as I can, but yeah. just people that, you know, one, we don't know a lot about them, so they rarely make it into a message. Right. But what we did for the unsung hero was, okay, you know, we know a little bit about Paul's upbringing and faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you have top scholars, top schools, top education, pedigree. Where where did Timothy's faith come from? Yeah. And right. Acts tells us that he had this mother that was Jewish, but she, she was married to a Greek. Which is, is capitalized in the, our New Testament for a reason. Do you know why that is? No, I want to know. That's a good question. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's capitalized. I think it tells you that he wasn't a believer. Mm. It's actually a title, you know, like a, he's this Greek. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a believer. Greek. He's not a believer. I mean, you was, I mean, so Timothy hasn't gone through any of the ceremonial things right. that a Jewish family would have done. Totally. So his, his dad probably didn't, yeah. yeah, care for it or value it. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I, mean, I was talking to some young moms after service on Sunday um, who do not have believing spouses and just that we were talking about how faith came through his mom and his grandmother. I guess we didn't get to that part. So yeah. in the letter from, from Paul to Timothy, second Timothy chapter one and chapter three highlights that Timothy's faith come, came from his grandmother, Lois, this beautiful faith that first attracted Paul first lived in his grandmother, Lois, then his mother Eunice. But we're talking to these, these moms, these solo moms who just don't have believing spouses. And you know, you, you feel gosh, you know, I want the father figure to also be with me on this of raising kids in the Lord. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of heartache and pain in that. And that happens with, with, you know, solo dads too, or dads that have, you know, wives that aren't believers. Just feel like, man, I'm on an island and I don't want to be. But here's Eunice who's in that situation and she still has Timothy, this beautiful example of faith. And so God still, you know, continues to build faith in unlikely places. Yeah. And such an encouragement. So his grandma and his mother, you, your your idea was that how did Timothy get instructed in the faith? And if they were Jewish believers. Yeah, Paul says that, you know, Timothy, from the faith that you had early on from the sacred writings, so the Old Testament, yeah. you're familiar with them. So what did Grandma Lois instruct Timothy in? And we sort of can, we can't 100% guarantee it. But we're pretty darn close. We're pretty confident. Yeah. At least confident in the sense that there's certain texts that the Jewish community centered themselves around. And so if Lois and Timothy were going to be bumping into certain texts, it would be like this. And that text was Deuteronomy chapter 6, called the Shema. Okay, that's a weird word. We don't hear that very often. Yeah, it's one of their, their famous texts of their daily prayers. Yeah, and what is the Shema then? So the Shema is... You said famous daily prayers, but why is it in Deuteronomy or where is it in Deuteronomy? Yeah, so in Deuteronomy 6 is when they are, you know, the whole venture of coming out of slavery into the promised land is the formation of a people. So God has been spending all this time through Moses and the priests forming them to be the people of God. Yeah. That's when they've received the commandments, they've received the the priests, um, they've received the tabernacle, like the place of worship. And so when they're coming into the land, Deuteronomy is setting up, okay, when you come into the land, this is how we are to live this out. 
And so it begins with the first commandment here, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Mm-hmm. So it's reminding them that there's a one, there's one God, nothing above God. And then how do you pass around or how do you pass along generational faith? Yeah. I think that's what the Shema is about. How do you pass this faith on to future generations? So really what you did was you got to Timothy, talked about his mother and grandmother, and we spent more time in Deuteronomy six. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you good old preacher. Look at you going yeah. all over the place. Well, you know, it's like you want to build a case argument. Yeah, why well, it's important. Well, what I want to say is, man, Timothy's Timothy Paul takes time to note where yeah. Timothy's faith comes from. So that's a deal. That is a deal. There's not a lot of paper in first century. Yeah, there's not. So I mean the fact that Lois is mentioned is a really big deal. And for us to be encouraged, like you don't have to be these mighty Pauls, these Peters these famous heroes, so to speak, of the, of the scriptures, look at what a woman named Lois yep. did with yeah. her daughter and her son or grandson and the faith that ended up impacting all of these churches through the work of Paul and Timothy. Yep. And then him being a pastor, maybe into his 90s. Yeah. Like that's, that's the a, fruit of Grandma Lois. Drop the mic. So let's all be Grandma Lois. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Which... I don't know, it's just like the Lord uses such ordinary means. Like faith gets passed on through ordinary means. And be encouraged. Like you're building faith in your kids when you're changing diapers, mm-hmm. when you're shopping for groceries, yep. when you bring them out and change the oil in the car. You're building faith in them when they have kids. When you get a second round yeah, with grandkids. You're building faith. You're praying like... You know, I've said it before on the podcast, my grandmother, I, I really think she prayed me into the kingdom of God, persistent widow, you know, just like, Lord, capture this young man's heart over and over. I just, I feel it, you know? Yeah. Or even like at, I was just at Idra Haji preaching a middle school camp, which is one of my favorite joys every year is get the opportunity to do that. How many messages did you give in one week to middle schoolers? 11. 11, 11. messages. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Last year was worse. In COVID, I had to do 24. Really? Because they were in cohorts. Oh, like preach. you had small cohorts come in. Yeah, and I had to preach tw- twice sometimes, and it got a little goofy there, but yeah. But I even texted my mom. You know, I was preaching. They preached from the NIV at Idrahaji, which is great. And I took out the I- NIV that I have. It's one of my favorite Bibles. It's always on my shelf, and... uh I realized at Idrahaji, I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, my mom got me this Christmas 2000. And her name's in there and the date and her handwriting. So I texted her and said, Mom, look, I'm preaching from the Bible you bought me. Faith builds upon faith. Yeah. So um, I get it. They're, my mom's ordinary. You know, she's a great mom. My grandmother's very ordinary. But their faith has some influence. Yeah. Was yeah. it perfect faith? No. No, but is my faith perfect or my raising yeah. my kids? No. I think that is, is what people need to hear is it's not perfect faith. It's genuine faith. It's I think genuine, that's important. It yeah. is genuine. Totally. Like in Deuteronomy 6 when it says, you know, you are to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yep. Totally. I can't pass on a faith that I'm not possessing. Mm-hmm. Right? right? So if I want my kids have a genuine faith, I must first have a genuine faith. And there's no guarantee because we're all individual, independent human beings. Right. So this is not the guarantee principles of you do these things and you're going to guarantee to get these kids. But there are the principles that we live by that our kids would absorb 
of faith and then make it their own at some point. Yeah. I know Jay when he was in middle school. I'm amazed that my mom got me dressed and got me out the door to get to church. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's genuine faith. It is genuine faith. Yeah. And that's, there's not, there's no small task in getting your middle school son who's not interested to something like that, you know? And um, my grandmother's faith of genuinely, I'm sure, praying for me, loving me, pointing me to Jesus. Like, it's just genuine. So two two conversations I had after service on Sunday was yeah, one. I would love to hear these. These would be good. about uh, talked to some singles that said, "Hey, I don't I don't have kids. I'm not married. Yeah. Like, where do I fit into this?" And sharing with them, like you know, for example, like mom drops you off at church, right? Yeah. And I'm running into guys that were around student ministries. They didn't. They weren't married. They didn't have any kids. Yeah, they had a lot of free time, and they were pouring their life into me. Yeah, and so to remind the singles, like you remember, even Paul says, I. You should be single, like remain single as I'm single, so you don't have undivided attention. Yeah, you can you can spend a lot more yeah. time around the church. So having kids single. is not the gold standard of being human. No, Jesus, or a Christian, or or a Christian. Yeah. yeah, Jesus was a single man, celibate man, lived a fully human life. Totally right. Um, so reminding them that they have a, a vital role to play in the family of God. So yep. they might not have biological kids, but they belong to the family of God. Yeah, and. We need them to be expressing their giftings themselves um, to us. Yeah, totally. And, and then another conversation was a person grieving that, like, they just don't have any faith in their family tree. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we all don't yeah. um, have that. And if we do, it's, it's a thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But you know what? Generational start generational faith starts somewhere. Yeah. And it can begin with you. Yeah, and it started with you and your parents. So they're first-gen Christians, right? Yeah, my dad was a first-gen Christian. My mom um, was, a, was a Catholic until she met my dad and yeah. and really came to know that Jesus in a personal way. But, yeah, them trying to figure out what's it look like to have a vibrant faith in Jesus with four crazy boys and one perfect daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I saw this even at, you know, I was a couple of weeks ago, I was here on a Wednesday night giving an announcement for high school ministry. I just love high school ministry. I love jumping into WNT. This is fun to see our student ministry team rock it. And I was impressed of how many college or post-college young professionals were here on Wednesday night hanging out with with high schoolers and just pouring into them, loving them, knowing their name, pointing them to Jesus. And I was like, man, this is, I, I sort of miss those days too when I had all that time on my hand to I know, do that. It's good. Yeah. They're like, let's go get Sonic. I can do that right now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you want to, after your youth group, you want to go down to Applebee's and eat some wings? Let's do that too. Like, I got time. I got time. Yeah. So I was just, I love that you pointed that out. For those who are single in our midst. And old singles, young singles, mm-hmm. man, you are the family of God. Like, you matter in our family. You're so important. All right, so here's pop quiz. Yeah. I hate we, pop quiz. We gave, we gave four tangible practices mm-hmm. um, that we could glean from, the, from Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. Of how to just be intentional as a parent or with kids. Um how many of those do you remember? 
I know the this, most this important is gonna, one. This is going to give empathy to everyone who hears a sermon and forgets it by Sunday yeah. afternoon. Uh, make spiritual things natural, natural things spiritual. Yeah. Definitely. That's my favorite one. So was that verses 6 and 7? I don't have my Bible in front of me, but he says, okay, what, teach these diligently to your children. Yep. When you walk by the way, when you rise. Um, really, the, the whole thing was at all the times of the right. day. And then have visible signs of it in your house. So have right on your on the frontlets of your forehead so it's top of mind and then put this on your heart so that it's in the heart extending out to the hands and do that visibly so your kids can see yeah did you <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a step in the dark here did you say um you can only give away what you possess yeah yeah that's one of the points oh for one of the four points yeah. no uh it was it was you you uh have to live the Lord, love the Lord your God with your whole life. And so you have to have it genuinely before you pass it on. So that yeah, was yeah, point one. Yeah, point one. Two, make natural things spiritual and spiritual things natural. Okay. Talk about the Lord, talk about your faith all the time. Soccer practice to music concerts, yep. around shows, games around the table, dinner time. Do you remember the other two? No, no clue. I know, I'm trying to think myself. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, so then... Then the Shema went into living out your faith in action. Mm-hmm. So be obedient to follow the commands. Mm-hmm. So don't just say them. It's not just passing on knowledge. Yeah. It's doing it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to act out your faith. Did you get the joke about the uh, solar guy? No doubt. Door? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Tell your kids you shouldn't lie. And the doorbell rings and the solar guy, and you're like, Tell them I'm not home. <laughs> that's so good. You know, that's... That's real world faith, though. Like, I was thinking about that. I was like, that's a funny joke, and we're all guilty of that on some extent. But that's a real world. The ethics of Jesus demand that it's actually in the mundane stuff of life. Yeah. I mean, so we we were going to uh, a water, not a water park, but I guess it was kind of like a water park over the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. and there's a height limit on the slides, and we weren't sure if our youngest was going to be tall enough. Yeah, and we started thinking like, oh man, what should we do? Like spike up his hair, or you know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, it's just the rules. Yeah, like we're not going to try to have you stand on your tippy toes. We're not going to, you know, yeah, do anything. It's just this is the rule. If if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, it's a bummer if you don't. I know because I'm on the water slide. (laughs) (laughs) Watch me go down it, son. (laughs) But he he actually was tall enough by by a hair. Yeah, it's great. You know that's super true, and that's what real faith looks like. It's like that, you know, you tell your kids not to speed or text in the car. Don't be those parents. Yeah, they're you watching. They're, they're watching. watching, yeah. Right, so make your faith actionable. So live yeah. out your faith in action. And then uh, the final one was, oh, my gosh, I just spaced it. What was the final? I don't know, man. It's already Tuesday. It's not good. I, had, I was doing a coloring project in my <laughs> see wildly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why did I just face it? I don't know. It's okay, man. You're just Thomas Milburn. Yeah. You're you're real and original. We'll call it good. Those are good. Those are good. <laughs> those are good preaches. Live those ones. Yeah, yeah. Live those, and I'll tell you the fourth one <laughs> after you live three. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Yoda on them. Hey, you know, I think this is a really good conversation, Thomas. And I'm super thankful for this series and what we're doing here at Calvary and just the real tangible ways in which we can think about these unsung heroes and anything that makes our Bible comes alive. 
I just love. Makes it real. Yeah. yeah. This is so beautiful how it works, actually, that these are real people. These aren't spiritual people. They're just real people with a spiritual God <laughs> who does some spiritual things. Yeah, that's right. Among them. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, thanks, Calvary, for listening today. So glad for your faithful listening. Always, you can give us a five-star review wherever you find your podcast and nothing but a five-star review. That's the old Thomas line there for sure. And uh, we love to hear from you. You can always write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. In the meantime, pray for Kids Week. We are so grateful to partner with you as we partner with God, what he's doing among us, and really ordinary people where God can do extraordinary things. As well as, we love to hear from you week to week on the campus. If you see me in the lobby, see Thomas in the lobby, just say, hey, great podcast this week. We'd love to hear from you. All right, that's enough of Jay. Let's get out of here. He's so good to be with you.